Thanks, Lucky and the band. Um, great to see all these young adults involved. Um, you know, I must say, I think the, it's a little bit louder than normal, but um, I tolerated it. <laughs> hey, we love you guys, and we love the music. Um, you guys know I've, 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 I've always been on a journey with this church, um, because, um, yeah, I never uh, had a band in a church till six years ago, and we've developed now, and I love it, you know, I love the church, I love that everyone's able to take part, I love that my children like coming to church and singing, and um, thank you guys, our young adults, for being models to the younger ones and to be mentoring them up. Uh, My wife's not here today, obviously she would have been up promoting her book, but she's at the creative conference and quite a few people are at the creative conference, so if today's service isn't very creative, you know why. (laughs) I also um, wore these pants today because my wife does not like these, okay? She says I look like Miami Vice or something, so... So today, I knew she wasn't going to be here. I said, I'm going to wear my Miami Vice pants. (laughs) Just a bit of fun. Hey, um, you know, we have celebrated 25 years. And, you know, we did that in an amazing way. We actually got to share uh, on Wednesday night with the Year 12 Formal um, at some fancy uh, golf club down in Ravina. You know, Karen got to get all dressed up, and I got to be her date. And we got to serve this amazing meal, and it was a lovely evening as we celebrated our silver anniversary. You know, it's, where's it gone, you know? Where, where do those years go? I was talking to Lockie, and, you know, I think he's uh, 24, so we've been married a, a year longer than he's been alive. But, um, you know, we feel very blessed to have each other. You know, I came to Australia 20, nearly 20, going on 28 years ago now to stay one year and never went back. And um, I'm very blessed to be here. Listen, last week, Lockie began this new series, Stride. And I'm excited to be continuing with this because our yearly theme is walking the way. And uh, stride is really about that, but we're focusing on the word faith. And the word stride, as Lockie unpacked last week, is about taking deliberate steps in a chosen direction. So as we go through this, and he gave an introduction by defining what faith was last week, and now we want to kind of take in this walking by faith into our core values. Now, if you don't know our core values, hopefully by the end of the next three weeks you will know, but the first one is to be spiritually grounded, Secondly, it's to be socially inclusive. And thirdly, to be mission-focused. Okay, so today we're, we're covering to be spiritually grounded. And again, I want to unpack that a little bit because you can be spiritually grounded, I guess, in a lot of things. But I want to make it clear for us as a church, we're talking about being spiritually grounded in God's Word. Okay, God's Word is, is not just a book. This is actually the, the um, inspired, the breath of God to us. He speaks to us. He directs us. He tells us where we've come from. He tells us how He's led through the ages. And He tells us where we're going. And He tells us we all have a purpose 
here in this world right now. And um, I don't know if many of you have done any uh, spiritual gifts test. If you've done our um, growth track, which I saw some in there today doing it with Greg, and I was very excited because we, we want everybody to go through the growth track. You know, whether you've done this sort of thing before, it really tells you what we're on about as a church. If you really want to get on board and know what you're part of, and not only to know it, but then to get involved and be part of the body of Christ here, you really need to go through the growth track. So I really want to encourage you to try to find a time. We'll be continuing to give more and more opportunities to do that. It was probably a, well... Maybe I did before I came to Australia, but you know, early in my ministry, I remember doing some inventories. And whenever I've done my spiritual gifts, it's always been my top gift. Every time I've done it, you know, sometimes things switch around a little bit, but never has anything been the number one of my spiritual gifts except for faith. Faith's always been at the top. And I want to share that with you because sometimes I don't feel like I have great, strong faith. I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 28 years. And still sometimes I question. Still sometimes I doubt. Sometimes I I have, but you know, I so quickly bring myself back to, you know, really, what is my faith in? And um, as we go through spiritual gifts, and again, I want to just share this verse in 1 Corinthians. This is the chapter that really talks about the body of Christ and how we're all different parts. But it starts out with this verse. And it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So, you know, we need to know as Christians, okay, um, we want to be spiritually grounded. And being spiritually grounded is not about just knowing knowledge. It's actually about applying it. And um, as we go through the next two weeks, we'll be unpacking that bit more. But... um, we need to know our spiritual gifts. And I have found, especially in Australia, sometimes people are a bit, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's too much about me or something. But Paul makes it clear. I mean, how can we develop and use our spiritual gifts if we don't have any idea what they are? Okay? So um, there's a process when you go through the growth track where we'll unpack that. It doesn't mean it's set in concrete. It's sometimes a thing that's... Um, you know, uh, ongoing process of discovering, and sometimes depending on your age and your phase in life and what you're doing, your spiritual gifts. I mean, the, the Spirit, the Bible says the Spirit can just give you some gift you never had just because God needs you to have it right now. And I've seen that as I look back on churches that I've pastored, and, you know, there's been people that didn't even know they had a gift, and God's kind of raised that gift up just when the church needed it. And as I look back and I see some of these things, this is why my top spiritual gift is faith, because I look back and I see how God has led in the past. And I'm going to unpack that a bit today, too, because as we look in the Old Testament, we see um, some good examples of how people who you think should have the most amazing, great faith, because there was so much evidence that God was leading them, but they often would doubt and question God. So the Bible is the Word of God. And I'm not doing this today, but I just want to encourage you to know know this. If you question that this is um, a special book, then I would encourage you to research it, to look into it. There's plenty of good stuff out there. I mean, ultimately, we all have faith in something. And as, as um, this text, I think Lockie did a different translation, but I like this one. It really sticks with me. Now faith is being sure of what you hope for 
and certain of what you do not see. Sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And the, the starting point for us as Christians is knowing that we're saved through Jesus Christ, the gospel. And we refer to that as righteousness by faith. And as a church, that's what we believe in. We believe that we are all righteous, righteous through faith in Jesus Christ because none of us are perfect. We're all sinners. But Jesus Christ came to live the perfect life for us, to shed his blood, to wash our sins and to cover us. That's great news. That's the starting point. That's the foundation of being spiritually grounded. Once you've kind of accepted that, and you know, wow, God has saved me, not because I'm good enough, but because of Jesus. And my faith, I am righteous. I am a saint, but not because of what I've done. It's what Jesus has done for me. And this is really about believing in something that we can't see. And um, I think the next slide, I've got this quote or you know, everyone has faith in something. And we do, whether you admit it or not, you believe in something. And, you know, as, as we look, especially in um, the state schools, and I have the privilege still of going into state schools and teaching religion, and I was there on Thursday teaching grade five, six. I think I've got two more weeks left. And I'm feeling the pressure, especially these grade six kids, they're just all ears as I walk them through the Bible stories. I've been walking them through Moses and the Ten Commandments, walking them through the tabernacle this last week. You know, these are the things I get to teach them. And, and these are the foundation of what the Bible's about. But these kids, most of what they get is what the world's teaching you, trying to tell you it's a fact. You know, that we evolved, that we just happened, that this world's millions of years old. And, you know, you hear it all the time. And, and sometimes, you know, people just believe it because that's all you hear. And so it's important that we as Christians, we have people of faith continue to express, not in a way to make those who believe in evolution feel silly, just like we don't want the ones that believe in evolution to make us feel like we're stupid or not good thinkers because we believe in a creator God. You know, we need to respect each other, but we still need to take a stand. We need to be heard. We need to say, hey, I don't believe in that, and this is why. I believe in this because, I mean, history, there's so much history right here in the Bible. There's so much evidence that's been unfolded. Um, you know, I've just been going through the Exodus story, and, you know, there's, there's some great Stories out there about the evidence where they maybe found where that um, Red Sea crossing was. You know, there's different evidence. There's lots of archaeology that really gives proof to the Bible, gives evidence. I guess I shouldn't say proof because, again, you've got to believe. You've got to have faith. It's something you can't prove. But, again, you can't prove evolution. If we could prove it, we wouldn't need faith. You know, I've always wanted God just to come to me and just say, you know, appear to me. Then I wouldn't have to doubt. But faith is an important ingredient for us to believe in something we can't see, as we just read. And um, you know, the Bible talks all about faith being something that um, we all have. And then the next verse I want to bring up is it tells us we all have been given a measure of faith. So here in uh, Romans, Paul says, for, us, for I say, 
through the grace given to me to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to be, think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So, you know, it might be a little measure, but we've all got a little bit of faith. What do we do with that faith? Well, faith isn't something that's stagnant. As a matter of fact, I want to present faith as being something that's alive. Your faith is something that's alive, and if you don't feed it, it will die. Okay? Or it will kind of get faith in whatever you are feeding it. Let me give you an illustration of that. Um, I grew up in Alabama, and um, my auntie, um, I won't say her name because her name means something else in Australia, and you all would, it would be very embarrassing. But um, anyway, my auntie did a lot of research and found out that I have Cherokee Indian in me. And this story I want to just tell you is about a Cherokee Indian chief. And his, um, he went to his grandson, and he told his grandson, you have two wolves that can live in you. It could either be a good wolf or a bad wolf. And the grandson says, well, well how, how, do I, how do I get one? You know, how do I know which one I have? And the chief said, the wise chief says, whichever one you feed... What are you feeding? You know, what are we feeding? How are we feeding our faith? Are we building it? And, and I just want to take this opportunity to promote reading God's Word. And, you know, but there's many methods. You know, I was meeting with someone this week who is losing their eyesight. And they're, they're, they're missing reading. They loved reading. And so um, I'm trying to help them get something so I can listen to the Bible. I'm not a big reader. You know, I do read God's Word, but I do probably watch more YouTube sermons and um, watch things on Audioverse, which is an app which has heaps of uh, Seventh-day Adventist sermons on it. You know, there's lots of stuff out there. And I just want to encourage you to make sure you're feeding yourself because there's never in the world been a time when there's more information being fed to us. And it's a bit of a worry, really. I'm going to talk a bit more about this in a couple weeks' time when we do the last one of this series. But, you know, these algorithms and things with social media and stuff, you know, all you got to do is just glance on something a bit too long and it starts feeding it to you. Okay? And so, you know, I know the young people know this, but older people too, even with Facebook, you know, these things, they know more about you than, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be on it. It's hard to survive these days without being on social media. But listen, we need to make sure we're feeding ourselves with God's Word. Do you have a good Bible app on your phone? Your phone's usually always with you, with you these days. And I've promoted this before, and again, I promote, I think, one of the best free mobile apps is called the Version. It's put out by Life Church in North America, one of the largest churches in North America with Greg Rochelle. And uh, their mission, I think it was about 2009 they launched this, was just to get God's Word out and do it in a, in a way that just makes it available for free. And I think just recently they had 500 million downloads. You know, that's amazing. But it is great. It'll give you um, 
you know, a verse of the day. It'll give you uh, video clips if you want to watch about the, the verse of the day. It'll give you reminders to pray each day. It's very powerful. You can even have prayer lists now on that where you actually connect with someone. It's like a little social media uh, app with that where you can have other people included in your circle that you're praying and making prayer lists that you share with each other. It's, it's quite powerful. So just want to encourage you. What is it that's going to feed you know, there's not one way. There's lots of avenues to feed on good quality stuff to build our faith. But we've got to make sure we're feeding on the right stuff. Because believe me, the evil one will take you down the wrong track quicker than you can fall off this stage. And that would happen quick if I'm not watching where I'm going. You know, just like that. Now, I did want to always do this when I talk about faith because... You know, being sure of what you can't see. Now, I can't see God, but I have no doubt he exists. That's why my top spiritual gift is faith, because I don't have a doubt. When I do question, I quickly come back to saying, hey, what are my options? And I quickly come back to it. There's obviously a designer God behind this world, behind the amazing beauty of nature and um, the amazing body and the different complexities of uh, the systems and the senses. You know, how could there not be a God? And the illustrations I always use is, is, is we can't see God, but there's so much evidence we shouldn't really have a doubt. And, um, you know, for example, when you uh, fly an airplane, you know, what makes my little paper airplane fly? It's not the best one, but, you know, what makes that fly is the same thing that makes a big A380 or a 747 fly full of people and luggage and weighing tons and tons. It's the... Air pressure, it pushes and with the speed and it lifts. You know, how, how does that happen? You know, it is quite amazing. We can't see air pressure, but boy, we see the evidence, it's there. Um, another one is gravity. You know, if I take a coin and I, I drop it, um, you know, it falls. Well, I can't actually see gravity, but I know it exists because I see the evidence and it's quite clear. Another one's. Um, the force of magnetism. You can take two magnets, you take one way and they draw together. I can't see that force, but I know it's there. If I turn them around the other way and they push against each other, you know, again, that's invisible force, but I know it's there because I see the evidence. It's quite clear. And to me, that's what gives us great confidence that we can have faith in God's word. If you really look at the evidence, and again, it takes faith. Matter of fact, I think people that do believe in evolution and believe in what they're teaching in most of the schools, I think they have more faith than I do because I think it takes more faith to have faith in, in man's assumption of these things than it does to actually believe that there is a designer, loving, wonderful, powerful, almighty God behind it all who actually not only made this amazing world, made us, but he loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. So we've all been given this measure of faith. So you might just have a little bit of faith. It might not be your top spiritual gift, but you need to feed it. And um, if you're feeding that, um, then it will increase. You know, your, your doubt and your fear. Fear is kind of like the enemy of faith. And throughout the Bible, we find God always approaches people. And the first thing he says, fear not, you know, because fear can get in the way of faith. And so, you know, if we're feeding our fears and our doubts, then that's going to affect our faith. And if we're feeding our faith, that's going to affect 
our doubts and our fears in the way we really want to. And um, I want to encourage you again to make sure you're feeding the right thing. So another way of putting this, as we find in 2 Thessalonians, is that faith is a growing thing. Faith is a growing thing. We ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And so if our faith is growing, um, you know, that's good. But it's only going to grow in the spiritual faith and the Word of God if we're actually feeding it, if we're actually providing the environment for us. The Bible talks about being full of faith. If you can be full of faith, you can also be probably empty of faith. It talks about being strong in faith. So if you can be strong in faith, you could also be weak in faith. But it doesn't matter where you are. The most important thing is you take whatever measure of faith you have and you build on that. Again, Bible study, prayer, personal relationship, daily relationship. This is the whole thing with the Advent book that we were promoting. You know, getting your family and just reading God's word and reading about Jesus' life, his birth, you know, which he came that first time. It's such a, a, a wonderful occasion. And of course, we too look forward to when he's coming the second time, which we know is getting sooner and sooner. And um, do you fear Jesus coming again? You know, where are you at with God? Well, I hope that, um, you know, you feel not afraid. And for a lot of my life, I was afraid. For one, I was afraid Jesus comes out. I didn't feel ready. And again, are we ready? Well, go back to righteousness by faith. You know, you're, you're, you need to believe that Jesus has already died and paid the price. You accept him. He saves you then. And then you begin a journey of growing in Christ. Growing in your faith in Christ. And this is a journey we're all on. We're all in different places on this journey, but we're all in it together. And as a church, as a people, and if you're not part of this church, you know, I encourage you, if you're not part of a church, I think the church is a place where we can grow and encourage in a healthy environment. And I'm, I'm excited to be part of the church here at Gold Coast Central. We're certainly not perfect. We get a lot of things wrong. But overall, I think the leadership in this church wants nothing more than to lead people to the gospel and then to go from that. And that's what the growth track's all about, is us knowing God, finding freedom from the baggage and the things that are holding us back, then discovering our purpose, and then making a difference. You know, that's our discipleship model. That's what, if you haven't... Um, heard that yet, you'll continue to hear that because that's what we use as a church. You'll hear that when you go through the growth track. Um, now, in Timothy, and Paul writes a letter to Timothy, we find that faith is also something we pass along. So not only do we pass it along to our um, fellow friends here in church, but our families, that's the ones we spend the most time with. And this is important that we, um, you know, our families see the good side of us and the bad side. And I think, you know, my kids will tell you, you know, Pastor Mike gets up and he preaches and he talks about God, but also sometimes get grumpy. Sometimes I'm not the person I should always be. But, um, you know, I do try to um, point back to God, to apologize when I've done something wrong or I've used a, a tone of voice I shouldn't, and, you know, keep that relationship. And I think if we're all honest, if we think about, you know, Lockie touched on this last week, how, you know, it's com complex. Life is complex. Relationships are complex. And um, faith is complex as well. But we can grow. And 
here in, in Timothy, we find um, when Paul writes this letter to him, he's acknowledging that Timothy is a result of generations of faith. And what a great privilege we have as parents to pass on to our children faith. You know, um, some of us that, um, you know, have grandchildren into, you know, from one generation to the other. And this is what Paul's talking about in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. When I call to remember, remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is also in you. So here he is, you know, from his grandmother to his mother. You know, this is what we want. This is the whole idea. We want to encourage you to get really good at this. And, you know, a great way, a tool to, to use that is the Advent book. Again, I'm, I sound like an ad for my wife's book, but uh, I would promote it even if it wasn't her book, um, ultimately. And, and then a couple of verses down, Timothy says this. And again, as I said, you know, fear is like an enemy to um, our faith really growing. If, if we let the fear get us, it's, it's, it stops us from having confidence that ultimately. And there's plenty of fear around the world, especially in the last two years, with the things that the whole world's changed. You know, I don't even want to talk that much about it because you guys hear enough. But, you know, there's lots of fear. And here... Um, uh, Paul continues as he's writing to Timothy, and he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, amen. And that's what we want to be on about as Christians. That's what we want to be on about as a church. We want to be on about being people that are filled with the Spirit, that have a power of love, that we are clear thinking, and that we aren't getting... Um, all confused because we're feeding the fear instead of feeding the faith. We want our faith to grow. I'm going to go back to 1 Timothy now as I kind of wrap it up for today. And here in the first letter to Timothy, Paul talks about it being a fight. You know, this faith doesn't just happen. It's not going to just happen if we don't put forth an effort. It takes effort. It takes us putting forth what it takes to build that relationship. Where, are you, where is your faith right now today? You know, often I won't take time to do it today, but I'll bring up when I'm doing this sermon on faith, that I'll bring up a child and I'll tell that child to pick me up and the child won't be able to lift me off the ground. And then I'll get some strong young man up here on this side of the stage, and he'll just lift me up. And, um, you know, is it fair for me to say that, child, what's wrong with you, weakling? You know? No, that child's just a child. They're growing. And the same thing with faith. We're growing in our faith. Some of us are strong and powerful in our faith. Others are weak. But we encourage each other. We help each other in that growth so that we can all ultimately get to the point where we rely on God and that we're sharing his love um, with others. And as longer there were, were Christians, the stronger your faith that you have, I really think the more you should reflect Jesus. And how did Jesus treat people? And then this is where it gets the practical of life. You know, how, how do you treat your family? How do you treat your neighbors, your workmates, your colleagues, especially the ones that, you know, aren't that nice to you or hurt you or do things? You know, and, and this is where God wants to help us to actually reflect the character of Jesus, especially when it's not the thing that we would naturally do. 
So what are you feeding? What are you feeding? Are you feeding your faith? Or are you feeding your fear? I want to close with a story that's told by the great leadership guru, John Maxwell. And John Maxwell tells the story of a barber. And this barber was a real pessimist, always looking at the negative side of things. And this man came to um, the barber and he says, I'm going to Rome. And the barber says, you're going to Rome? What, what airline are you flying? And the guy tells him, the name, oh, oh, that airline, oh, they're a bit, they're a bit dodgy, you know, I don't know, if their safety record's not that good, you know, and oh, the seats, the seats are really uncomfortable, and, and it, you know, oh, that, that's, that, that's not very good at all. And, and what are you going to do in Rome? He says, oh, well, I'm, I'm hoping to, uh, to go there, I'm, I'm a salesman, and my company wants to promote our product, oh, oh those Italians, you know, that, they'll all listen all day, but they won't buy anything, you know, it won't go very well, and um, yeah, you just, just, oh, that's, 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 that's going to be tough, and then he says, um, you know, where you stay in, he says, where you, oh, I've stayed there before, oh, that, that place is really horrible, you know, you'd be lucky to get clean towels when you go there, um, and he's really getting a bit discouraged now. And um, he says, what else are you going to do? He says, I'm hoping to see the Pope. Oh, oh, man, only really important people see the Pope. You're not going to be able to see the Pope. You know, that's, that's, don't even get your hopes up for that. That will never happen. Well, he left the barber that day. And about a month later, he comes back. And the barber says, hey, how did you go? He says, it was amazing. He says, this airline was the most awesome airline I've ever flown on. It was smooth. I went to sleep. It wasn't bumpy. They had to wake me up when we got there. It was the wonderful ride. He says, I arrived at the motel. They had towels handing it to me when I came. They're beautiful, clean towels. My room overlooked the Vatican. And he says, you know what? One day um, there when we were doing our sales pitch, People were just buying our product. We, we ran out of product. We had to do back orders. It was amazing. And he says, the highlight though, the highlight of my trip was I got to go in the room and where the Pope was. And he called me forward and I got to go right up face to face with the Pope and I just didn't even know how to act. I just knelt down and the Pope put his hands on me and blessed me. And as he was blessing me, he was looking around and he goes, who in the world gave you that terrible haircut? <laughs> you know, we laugh at that, but how many times we as Christians just focus on the negativity of life? We should be the happiest person, people on this earth. There is hope. You know, right to the end, Jesus is going to be with us. His Holy Spirit is going to guide us. Whatever crisis, whatever pandemics, whatever um, plagues, whatever this world faces, we're going to get through it. You know, I, I think back to in Numbers, I think it's chapter 13, when they were going into the promised land, they sent the spies and 10 of the spies came back and, and they said, wow, it was amazing. The grapes were so big, but the people are huge. And, 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 and the, the other half of it were, yeah, yeah, they're giants and, 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 and makes us look like grasshoppers, you know. And, and so you, you see this, you know, conflict. And, and sometimes we look at the problems of this world and as Christians, we should no problems too big you know we're not grasshoppers we're God's creation he loves you whatever you're facing 
He's going to be there with you and get you through it. And I just want to encourage you. Make sure you're feeding the faith, not the fear. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for each person that's here today. I, I really believe without a doubt that every person's here for a reason. You've led them here. And Lord, you've put me here. I don't feel worthy, but I know you've put me here because you want me to share my heart. You want me to share my faith. And that's all I have, really. Lord, sometimes I just feel so helpless. I make so many mistakes. I, I make so many shortcomings. But Lord, you continue to pick me up. You continue to use me. And I know you'll do that to every person here. And I especially pray for someone here that I just really feel there are some people that are struggling here today. They're feeling discouraged. And I pray that as they look at maybe why they're discouraging it, maybe they're feeding the fear instead of feeding their faith. And I pray that we will all make an effort to be feeding our faith, to be feeding on your word, to be praying, to be having a relationship with you, to be involved in church, to be doing things and, and being positive, even in a world that's full of negativity and full of being uh, against you. But Lord, while the world's against you, we're for you. And Lord, you're coming back to take us home where there'll be no more, no more pain, no more suffering, no more heartache. And until then, Lord, thank you that you're with us until uh, then, everything we go through, you're never going to leave us, never forsake us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.